Welcome to Seasons, a year of movies. I'm Grace. And I'm Emma. And here we are talking about Charlie Chaplin's classic, Modern Times, as part of our new season about labor and mm-hmm. work. Yeah, we are trying to watch um, movies from a wide variety um, of time and like different backgrounds and such. Um, so I'm excited. We are watching something, you know, from 1936. Um, going going back in time. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, there's not a lot of plot in this movie. <laughs> um, basically, you know, Charlie Chaplin plays the tramp, which is sort of a recurring character, not the same person between films in a literal sense, but it's sort of a figurative way. Um, and this is portraying his misadventures, working at factories, trying to get, you know, trying to get a steady job and constantly falling into trouble mm-hmm. eventually he kind of falls in with this girl mm-hmm. um you know these, these characters are named right and they have all sorts of misadventures try to sort of build a home together and that ends up literally falling apart <laughs> <laughs> and um you know and and the get in the movie is they kind of like just keep going like they like walk into the sunset trying to you know make things continue to work right yeah um, and I think this movie's, like, really episodic, and so I think we'll kind of talk about, you know, the parts as we come to it. Mm-hmm. That's basically the, like, <laughs> overall structure of it, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, Emma, why don't you tell me about, let's, yeah, let's, I, for the first time in ages, <laughs> do the like and yike segment. Yeah. Right off. Right at the would... top where we want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, so likes and yikes, it's just little things um, that we don't want to spend too much time on. Um, we usually end up spending quite a bit on it, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, enjoy that. Um, but just just little tidbits to get us started off. So uh, my like, as I was watching the movie and writing down my notes, you know, I like to write down possible things. Um, and so my first like that I put down was, oh, I like this. I like this shirtless man at the factory. Yeah, he's like the. I don't even know. He, like, sets the pace for all the other machines or something. He's, yes, like, in charge he of, like, turning everything on. He sits around, like, reading a magazine all day <laughs> until, like, the boss appears on a screen and is, like, this section needs to go faster. And so he, like, pulls the lever and makes it go faster. Yeah. And he's just shirtless, and I don't think he's even wearing shoes. <laughs> um, yeah, he might not be. Yeah, I was just, like, good for him. Um, then my The second thing that I put down as a possible, like... Um, was when this girl, <laughs> the young orphan, when, like, the first time she appears on screen or whatever, she, like, she's got this knife in her mouth, <laughs> and she's just, like, so beautiful, um, and <laughs> it's just, like, a wonderful image. Yeah, this is the main girl, right? Yes. yes okay. And so, basic, my like in this movie is I, I enjoy being bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like about this movie. <laughs> Truly, yeah, the bi representation we all crave way back in yeah, <laughs> you know, 1936. Two attractive people in a movie. <laughs> You'll love to see You'll it. love to see it. Um, so my yike for this movie is there's one of, I think it's the person who is bringing in this machine um, to test at the factory. And he has... The worst comb-over I've ever seen. And I don't mean to disparage people who have comb-overs, but I have, like, a visceral fear of comb-overs. What what is the comb-over going to do to you? It's going to appear on on me. 
You know what? That actually makes sense. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. So. Um, yeah, I have a disorder where I compulsively pull out my hair. So, like, oh, like, someday soon, in the not-distant future, I will have a terrible comb-over. <laughs> and people will look at me and feel like I felt <laughs> seeing that man on the screen. Um, so that's my yike. <laughs> um, yeah. Yike. Uh, my yike is so there's sort of a the final sequence before the end of the movie um charlie <laughs> the tramp and his his partner uh wife his, his young ward <laughs> his young ward question mark hmm, we'll, we'll get into this later <laughs> are working in a restaurant and they like do musical numbers and stuff like kind of thing where they do and so um, they have these like singing waiters, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is also like one of the interesting things about this movie is that there is sound. There is very little dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so people still call it like a silent movie, right? But there is like people talk once or twice and there's like singing mm-hmm. and stuff like that, right? Um, and uh, so, you know, while the tramp and uh, his girl in the other room talking, um, there's a you know, song coming in and it's a, it's a minstrel strong. <laughs> it's pretty racist. Mm-hmm. And that is my, that is my, like. and then my like is there's a, so there's a sequence where Charlie Chaplin has been put in prison after, for you think the first of three times in this movie <laughs> mm-hmm. being mistaken for being the front of front, like the leader of some communist or like unionizing group. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he foils a jailbreak. And so they give him like a really nice cell and like you know he's hanging out with the cops like in the <laughs> yeah. in the cell and there's like a little picture of abraham lincoln yes there which for some reason wall. i find very funny um so i just think that the set design of that set actually maybe just like in general across the board the set design is really really great yeah um yeah we'll talk about that a little bit too oh mm-hmm. uh, well, emma is there anything you want to get started i mean i guess we should just say like we both really like this movie yeah yeah no it was so funny i had such a good time watching it i've never seen any charlie chaplin movies um yeah we should watch city lights too i mean not for the pod but just in general because it's good <laughs> no um yeah i'm definitely down to do it after watching this um because yeah it was just great i think my letterbox review is like it's like the content of the movie bummed me out but like the execution is so perfect and like yeah. so funny and so joyful Right, well, there's um, there's this movie, I think it's Gullivan's Travels. Um, we've maybe talked about this before, but not mm. on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a movie, so it's Where, O Brother, Where Art Thou comes from. Yes. You know, the, the title for the Coen Brothers movie. And in it, there's this Hollywood, big shot Hollywood director who makes comedies, right? And he's kind of trying to talk these executives into making his dream picture, which is O Brother, Where Art Thou, which is like this serious drama about poverty and, and stuff. Um and so he decides, like, okay, well, I can't really make this movie unless I, like, experience it. And so he, like, goes out into the world and, like, um... Anyway, and it's all right. It's, it's interesting, and I think it has some interesting stuff about class, right, in it. Because he's this, you know, you go to his house at one point, he's in a swimming pool. He's just this very, like, wealthy person, right? And then, but basically at a certain point, he gets mugged and left for dead. And then, like, gets mistaken, I think, for a criminal. And so is, like, thrown into, like, this labor camp, basically. This, like, prison camp. 
and he's like actually having like a super miserable time. I mean, like he did this, he did <laughs> yeah. this like six months time where he's like trying to live the life, right? But now he's like living it in a real way mm-hmm. and like doesn't know that he will get out of it, right? Um, and so the climax of the movie is he that the local church they like show cartoons and invite the prisoners, right? And they're watching, um, and he sort of realizes like, oh, co- comedy can have this catharsis, right? And this like, and so he's like, oh, I'm not gonna make that serious picture. I'm gonna make funny movies because that's what the that's what people need who are in dire straits right um apparently originally they planned to show charlie chaplin mm-hmm. films in this section and instead they went with like i think it's a mickey mouse cartoon or something mm-hmm. and i think the bite of that sequence completely changes and i think this is the thing about this movie is it's, it's very funny right and sort of and i don't think it's a movie that you'll walk out of being like oh that was really depressing yeah <laughs> right mm-hmm. but it is also like speaking you know, very real, like, material way to, like, people's lives and the and the problems that they have and, like, uh, you know, the problems of capitalism mm-hmm. um, in a real material way. And so, like, I don't know, like, I think Gullivan's Travels is, like, an interesting movie, but, like, I'm a, that version of it that shows, like, modern times, right, feels, like, so, you know, mm-hmm. like, feels different to me. Yeah. Uh, really tangible way. Anyway, it's kind of a side, side story, but... Yeah, no, it's, it's a really good movie. Um... It's, I mean, just you talking about that, um, and just about the bite that it has, um, reminds me, I did my normal, my usual Wikipedia reading, Mm um, and found out that, you know, (laughs) um, so the movie was banned in Nazi Germany, um, because it was, quote-unquote, communist propaganda. Hell yeah. Um, but it also, it, it did not do well (laughs) in the United States. Um, you know, commercially, um, and, like, it was, like, mixed critics, um, because they're like, hmm, this movie is too communist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so it's, like, yeah, you know, imagining, like, prisoners, you know, watching this movie. Yeah, well, that has, like, and I mean, it is, and we we should actually, I think we use this to get into this a little bit, because you, you talk in the, in our notes about how the movie movie sort of idealizes some of this stuff in some interesting way. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also like, like Charlie Chaplin is just constantly in and out of jail. <laughs> right. And it's part of it is he is part of the gag is like, he didn't really ever do anything. Like he was never a part of these labor m- movements. Yeah. Right. And, and a part of the, a part of the tragedy of the movie is actually how much he continues to buy into the idea that if he just gets a good job, then yeah. things will work out for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, but also like he's, you know, he's an incarcerated, incarcerated person right like a worker and like the movie constantly grounds him as empathy for him mm-hmm. right and uh, that feels kind of like i mean it's cool it's interesting <laughs> right and i think someone from that perspective seeing themselves could be but also yeah i don't know i don't know what people are going through right yeah yeah the thing that i was thinking about with the idealization it's like yeah he is like in and out of prison and it has like no effect on him right <laughs> he's just like do 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 like yeah. i am you know just as like happy and you know well, confused. i think it's funny how he uses so uh the first time after he, he gets the prison break right he foils the prison break and then gets released from prison early mm-hmm. and which is very funny because there's a sequence where he's like oh i actually want to go back to prison because yeah you know 
Um, but he has this, he gets this, like, note from the warden. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a good guy, and he can get, he just has to get work, right? Mm-hmm. And then he, like, keeps showing that even long after he's been to prison again a couple times. Which <laughs> <laughs> I think is a funny, t- anyway, continue. Yeah, but it's just, like, he and this girl, you know, are poor, um, and they get into, like, all these problems, but, like, they always, like, overcome it, like, through luck or, you know, or, um, the girl, she's, like, very, like, you know, quick-witted, um, and stuff and, like, gets them out of scrapes and yeah. stuff and they, like, work together, um, but it's, like, there's, there's, like, always hope, whereas, like, the people who are, like, on strike, it's, like, her dad, like, gets killed, <laughs> you know, for, yeah. like, participating in one of these things, um, or they, like, at one point, they get put in, like, this police van that has, like, a bunch of people sitting in there, and they're not, like, you know, like, fun, charming, beautiful actors. <laughs> it's, like, you know, there's, like, right. um, most specifically, I'm thinking there's, like, there's, like, a large, older black woman in the van, and it's, like, she's not, you know, getting out of jail, you know, in and right. out a million times, like, carefree, you know, yeah. um, and stuff. And so I just feel, it's, like, Obviously, it is, like, speaking to, like, you know, often, like, the injustice of, like, you know, people being put in prison, like, for, you know, for not doing anything wrong, or, you know, because they're thought to, you know, be standing up for their rights (laughs) and stuff, like, you know, it speaks to that as, like, oh, like, this is bad, Um, but I feel like it's also, like, I don't know, it's also, it's, like, isn't it, like, funny to imagine, like, you know, these two people, like, they have, like, a fantasy sequence where they yeah, imagine, like, their li- middle-class life um, and stuff. And it's, like, yeah, it's, it's it, like, it's sad because it's, like, maybe, like, we can still this after all these terrible things happen. But it's also, like, well, maybe they actually will. I mean, just, like, stuff like this is, is inherently sort of limited and I don't think, like... Like, modern times cannot be, like, a foundational anti-capitalist text. And it's <laughs> yeah. also, like, as we've talked about this multiple times, I think, on the show, um, where it's like, yeah, this doesn't articulate, like, hey, what is, what is like, anti-capitalism look like? What does, like, resistance look like? Even though, you know, it shows up in mm-hmm. the movie, right? You see these people who are, like, striking and doing these things, right? Um, but even though there's that scene where he gets to do job at the factory, mm-hmm. and after a bunch of mishaps, they, like, it's like, your coat wrong, strike, and it's like, oh, I don't have a job anymore, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, like, this, this, uh, you know, that, like, and it's not that, I don't think the, to be clear, I don't think the movie's like, oh, striking is bad, but it's like, in that moment, it's emotionally deflating, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I think part of it's like, oh, the, this capitalist dream is hollow, right? But it's like, but also... Like, what does a better world look like? Or, like, how do we build that world? Or how do we, like, ensure that workers have rights and, like, protections and, you know, and stuff like that is, like, completely sort of unexplored by the movie. Mm-hmm. And, again, like, it's not, I don't know, I I want to draw a line or, like, kind of walk a careful line here where it's, like, I don't feel like that's necessarily, like, and therefore Modern Times is a no good <laughs> bad movie for babies, right? <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but I do think it's important to like talk about like yeah, like where you know where does the work like what spaces it exist in and what does it leave out by occupying that space? Right? Yeah, I think just you know we can like point out all. It's like a thing in um, it's a thing in research. It's like you yeah. know you <laughs> say like, okay, here are all my findings. Here's what I think it is important. And, like, here is what is missing from the movie, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I would be curious to see, like, are there movies that, like, you know, address those aspects? Yeah, I will um, see, like, as we sort of get further on, I think, I think we're going to watch a bunch of movies that are going to be about 
capitalism bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will see, you know, maybe start to see some some other stuff too. Um, well, yeah, and I think it's also like an important way to like, um, like there's just academic books I've read I appreciate. Like shout outs to Ready Player Two. <laughs> it's a really great book about gender and video games um, that is very sort of straightforward and like, um, like confronts its limitations head on and is like, yeah. hey, like, you know, like I am, I am a white cis straight woman writing about white cis straight women or like the games that are made for them and like that very intentionally leaves out like this huge portion Mm -hmm. but i'm hoping that like some of the research i do here and some of the ideas i do here can like be put to use by you know and i think that like acknowledging and sort of being like here's what you know here's what i hope comes out of this i think is really productive right Mm -hmm. and obviously like that movie does this movie doesn't really do that but we could do it for it you know (laughs) exactly (laughs) right you're welcome yes (laughs) doing really you know relitigating uh century-old discourse for you on, mm-hmm. on seasons so yeah you know um yeah do we want to talk about something that we you know love or appreciate in this movie yeah well something i kept thinking about um is how artificial everything is mm-hmm. and i don't mean that in like um like there's a certain way in which um movies can lean into their artificiality and have characters like look at the camera or sort of you know like mm-hmm. um engage in this way that's like about uh the meta text which this is not this is a movie that's like very straightforwardly the thing it is mm-hmm. and like i don't think that like maybe there's some like nods to the camera or whatever well, stuff like that. i feel like the girl looks at the camera like a lot yeah <laughs> like, i think you're right too. um but the thing is it doesn't feel like um like a meta moment mm-hmm. right or if it is there is maybe this confrontation of the audience right a little bit like this weird but there's I don't know. I guess what I'm thinking, I'm thinking about, sorry to bother you for some reason, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think we will watch for this show, for this season, but it's a movie that we've all seen, so it might come up, and it's obviously yeah. about labor and stuff, um, where that movie is like constantly sort of winking at its own artifice, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I think, modern movies do this, or sort of, I think this is like the the Hollywood model, is like you make film really seamless and you try to make it like yeah this this illusion of sort of progression right where this movie doesn't have that like things look fake and that might partially be to my eyes my modern eyes right looking at it mm-hmm. um, but the thing is i found it like so charming and so like like i wish it because it is so obviously artificial right it, it just is what it is and sort of lets you like explore what the movie's doing mm-hmm. on multiple levels with sort of unburdened from worrying about like realism or yeah. you know and i think that like i wish yeah i just wish more movies would do that or i wish more like critics or people to watch movies would like understand that i guess mm-hmm. you know like how many times have people watched a movie and be like man those effects look terrible or like it looks <laughs> fake mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't know if that's really important you know to like you know, I don't know if it's really important if it looks fake or not. And I think this movie yeah. like, shows that for me in a big way. Yeah, I there are a million times where we're just like like screaming about the matte paintings yeah, in the background. Uh-huh. And like what comes up for me, obviously like um, you know, this is like pretty famous scenes like with, with the giant machines and gears. Yeah. Um, but what you were just talking about reminded me of the scenes where um he gets a job as like a night security um person at like a at a department store yeah um and he sneaks in the girl um into the you know after the after it's closed and they have all these adventures in the store um but seeing this like building that go on a bunch of different floors so it's like this is this is the 
home furnishing floor where she like goes to sleep in this giant luxurious bed yeah um Mm -hmm. or this is like the toy floor where they like roller skate around yeah very good gags (laughs) where he like almost keeps falling off yeah um this ledge which is just like again an amazing painting yeah um and stuff and like seeing that it was like oh like like stores are weird (laughs) (laughs) and like there is like just all this like grandeur when like we know outside that like you know people are striking and like you know are like dealing with the great depression right um and stuff and so i think that like points out it's both like um it's both like beautiful and like fun to see like all these like like crazy lavish extravagant stuff um which seems like larger than life but then it's also like oh no that's like what that's what the real world is like yeah well i think it points out that like like the real world is constructed too yeah right and so like you see something in frame that reminds you something that is real like it can put into focus like what you know is real about it right because it just yeah it points out that it's like it is constructed right and the way mm-hmm. the world works in the way like shopping malls work and like who is allowed to be where and like what you know mm-hmm. those kinds of things are all like constructed by society and culture and so but they don't feel they feel more impervious to us in a big way right mm-hmm. so i think that like yeah i think it's an interesting point like the artifice itself and like seeing you know this the shop that's like rendered in this way that feels very real and you sort of get it you get a sense of like this like 20 minute scene of like where everything is in relationship to each other Mm -hmm. right there is like a sense of geography to that scene even though you know that like each individual part is on like a separate soundstage (laughs) right well i guess this also extends to like performance um Mm -hmm. because like this is especially since it's a silent film it's like I think film acting, well, I mean, this, I don't know if this is necessarily true, but there is, like, maybe an emphasis on, like, subtlety, especially, like, with the close-up, right? hmm And that, like, you know, you can express a lot just with very little, with your eyes, with, you know, like, um, subtle facial expressions, right? Whereas this, it's not theater, right? But there is sort of an exaggerate. Like, there's a part where he... I think accidentally eats cocaine is that yes yes that is, yeah that is what is happening <laughs> yeah so he yeah i mean it's complicated he's in prison and this guy is smuggling cocaine he puts it in the salt shaker and then you know he takes a salt shaker and puts anyway it's and so, so he, funny he, it's very funny and so we you know he's eating the food it's like this tastes weird and then all of a sudden the the high hits right yeah. or whatever the, the proper expression for <laughs> and he's like mm. like he makes this like crazy eyes face. bug out yeah and it's like i don't you know that's probably not what someone looks like you know when they're getting high like i don't you know know but like it's it's communicative right mm-hmm. and it's it's like artificial but it's in this way that's like really beautiful and good yeah. right and i think like again i think we we value tend to value like oh like realism and acting or like or like method acting is sort of based on this you know in a real sense right and i'm not I'm not knocking method acting, right? But even even sort of, like, the fact that, like, Leonardo DiCaprio won Best Actor for The Revenant, where it's like, oh, I went and did this for real. It's, like, actually the guy from Gulliver's Travels, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I went and got inside a bear, and that's the real thing, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, and I think that, like, the way in which this movie emphasizes the, like, that it is a performance, right? Mm-hmm. And then uses gesture and movement and, like, to communicate, and how, like, the whole thing is like a very purposeful and direct it's like mm-hmm. a very sort of like like almost pure w- way of thinking about acting that i think is really 
cool component. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's just, like, the technical aspect of, like, the film's creation also plays into that. Um, listen, I was reading, they, like, filmed it um, at 18 frames per second, which was, like, the speed that you used for silent pictures. Yeah. Um, but then how it was aired, and, like, purposefully so, um, was, you know, because at the time, like, they'd, they'd been having talking pictures for, like, a decade um, and stuff, and so they played it at, like, a higher speed, um, which was what was done for those pictures, so it was 24 frames per second, which makes them, like, look, makes these, like, huge exaggerated actions and, like, facial expressions, like, sped up and, like, a little more choppy and just, like, unreal, um, but I think it's, like, yeah, I just think it's cool because none of it feels like oh, like, this couldn't happen, right? Like, it would look different in real life. Yeah. But it all feels extremely real. Yeah, well, I think that, that ties into, we were talking about the machines earlier, and it's like these, what are, like, what are these machines do? <laughs> and, like, at the beginning, he's, like, screwing in these, like, not, you know, but it's like, what's that for? <laughs> like, it's, it's just, like, you, you, and you never get a sense of that stuff, right? The machine itself is sort of this unknowable mass, and it has all these gears, and, mm-hmm. like, what's that do? Yeah. What's that supposed? You know, nobody like and sort of this like very visible artificial impracticality, right? Mm-hmm. Like mirrors the very real way we interact with machines. Like at, at my job, sometimes I get clients who are like, like do factory machinery and stuff, and it's like I don't know what that like. It's a picture. It's like, hey, this has this feature, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, and so it communicates something real. Yeah, and it's also just like even if you know you like don't work in a factory, it's like I think we've all had a job where it's like what am i doing like this literally like i don't understand like how this helps anyone and like i'm i'm just doing this thing that makes no sense and like is you know like repetitive and like hard on my body right yeah and like devoid of meaning right but that's the thing is this stuff gets like very literalized where charlie chaplin like he's you know he's screwing in these bolts right these big wrenches and then is using the wrenches on like buttons and like and everything yeah. right everywhere right and, and so take it's like away this... the, they pull the wrenches away from him and he keeps doing the same motion yeah right and so it's like this way hands. like the work like the things you do with your time like condition you in a real way right and so that like ends up spreading into and it's also like the way in which like he's interacting with other people like his co-workers and stuff is very literally like they become objects of commodification mm-hmm. right and like to be like constructed and manufactured right and it's like, yeah, and the thing is, what's so cool is the movie's, like, doing that. Like, it is a movie that is very literally about, like, how capitalism alienates and, like, how, <laughs> yeah. like, all this stuff. And, like, the sort of the, the like, dream of life that does not exist within capitalism for so many people, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it's also just, like, very funny and light and breezy and sort of, like, moving. Like, there's just a, there's an elegance to how this movie flows and how it's edited and, like, what it's communicating constantly that's like just so fun to watch mm-hmm. and it's also just kind of like like yeah and like i don't know why like i'm coming back to sorry to bother you but that movie like f- you could feel like it chunking along and like sort of like these hard cuts and stuff i don't even think the movie's bad like i you know i haven't seen it in a couple years or whatever like we first we first saw it when it first came out mm-hmm. and i enjoyed it a lot at the time but there is a sense i think in which like that movie has to like slow down and like explain itself and like work through itself right in a way that this movie just does not have to, right? It just moves in this, like, very free way. Mm-hmm. That's like, and the thing is, obviously, like, it takes a lot of effort, right? Yeah. But it, like, that feeling is so exhilarating, I think. Mm-hmm. 
yeah no it's nice to just watch a movie and have a good time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, it is and i and i think it's also like you know um like yeah, it's also the thing is it's also just doing a lot like it's a yeah, movie that's it about is. a lot of things right and so and not to say i think you can have movies that are very explicitly like not a good time mm-hmm. right um that are worth watching and worth uh you know reading about and doing stuff with but um but it's also yeah it's also i think it's also evidence that like yeah you can like this is one of the things when people will like be like oh, i don't like marvel movies they're bad and people are like well they're not really supposed to be like good they're just supposed to be fun <laughs> and it's like well yeah but a movie can be good and fun <laughs> it can be both <laughs> it can be both you know like star wars for example <laughs> <laughs> anyway um or yeah the like more you know more aptly this movie yeah um, yeah, well, maybe we want to talk a little bit about, I guess we could talk a little about sound mm-hmm. and some more stuff about labor we could talk about as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so intrigued. If anybody knows if there's like a book or something about like this movie, <laughs> <laughs> like the process of like it getting made and existing in the world, I'm just like so fascinated by, um, yeah, so you, um, you know, had some thoughts about like the fact that it's a silent film. Um, and then right well there's sort of the about. way the way sound is used in the movie like especially at first when it's in the factory it's like the boss can speak mm-hmm. right but only like over the intercom like when you when you're like with the cameras with him in the room in person he doesn't talk like ever, yeah right it's only sort of over this this machine voice right mm-hmm. and this very real sense i think of like people being um like sound being sort of associated with authority with observation right and sort of the way that like yeah the protagonists don't speak right yeah. and they're are, like literally sort of voiceless um even though i mean there's like lines of dialogue in that there's title cards right and mm-hmm. like user cards and stuff like that but um but you know we do not hear them yeah and then we also but we do hear like sort of this authority and music and like sort of the, the sounds of the world around them right and i think it, it helps create this sort of like very subtle sort of oppressive feeling especially in those early sequences mm-hmm. yeah no i think i think that is very apt and very cool um yeah it's fascinating to me because like silent pictures had kind of been like going away like they'd had you know talking pictures for a decade at this point um and you know charlie chaplin was like adamant it was like this this movie like has to be silent um and part of it it was like um because he was like tying together the character again the tramp um who was in all these different movies and he's like it'll it won't make sense like it'll be alienating if all these other movies with the character were silent um and this one was talking um but i just think it's interesting that yeah like all his movies after this were not silent pictures um yeah and so yeah i'm interested in how creative decisions that are not dependent on like technological um constriction um restrictions how that like changes the way that people have like have to work within making this movie right Um, well it's like i mean i think about this with like video games where a lot of like the actual mode of play is structured by technological limitations right that like you know final fantasy 7 remake is like you have full 360 degree control of the camera right and it's just you know everything is rendered in real time right whereas like the original game it's like you have these preset camera angles and most of the you know backgrounds are like literal images that like the 
characters walk on, right? It's like a JPEG file that they look <laughs> at, basically, right? Um, and, like, that's all created by the way games work, like, materially. And so it's interesting to see an artist, like, intentionally be like, no, like, this movie has to, like, not advance. It has to be, like, something behind. And there are, there are like, video games that do stuff like that, right? Um, but not usually at the kind of scale that, like, modern times is operating. It's like Charlie Chaplin mm -hmm. at the time was, like, a hugely celebrated actor and filmmaker, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even if this movie wasn't, like, a big hit, it's, like, he's sort of intentionally making a decision against the grain of the of convention at the time, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to look at uh, what, you know, if there's anything else about, like, labor specifically that we want to talk about. I feel like we kind of approached most of the stuff through a conversation, but you want to say something. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just I'm always interested in, like, uh, historical context and, like, things that are not in the movie. Right. <laughs> um, so, the thing, it's just, like, ties back to labor for me because, so there was a French short film that came out, like, five years before Modern Times um, that had, like, a very similar prep premise um and a lot of the visuals were pretty similar um but it was distributed it was made by a french director and distributed by a german company um and as i already alluded to you know they were uh not too happy <laughs> with this movie um and then even more so um unhappy with charlie chaplin um after the great dictator yeah um so after like after all that uh the production company sued Charlie Chaplin. So just yeah, the for, production you know, company. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, for plagiarizing this film, um, and the director was like horrified by this. <laughs> he was like, "I, you know, I think Charlie Chaplin is amazing. Like he is so good. And if he like, if he was at all like inspired by my film, like that's that's like high praise, you know. Right. And he was basically like, you know, just like really upset and embarrassed by this whole thing." Um, but the production company that's like, hey, like, even though, like, this man, you know, and the other people who worked on it were the ones who, like, created this object, you know, it's like, oh, well, they made it, you know, like, a production company owns it. Yeah. Um, and they got to do, you know, whatever they wanted with it um, and stuff. And so I just, I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I think, like, um, I'm not really sure exactly, but I know, like, at a certain point, like, Charlie Chaplin basically, like, wasn't allowed to, like, be in America and make films anymore, <laughs> right? I don't know the exact details of that, um, but it's, like, yeah, like, the way, like, material realities, like, end up shaping the kinds of things that get made and, like, mm -hmm. what, you know, I think it's, yeah, it's very, like, it's very real to see, like, someone be like, oh, well, maybe we can... You know, I'm like, obviously, like, I don't know, like, maybe Charlie Chaplin was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna rip off that visual wholesale. <laughs> like, I have no idea, right? But, um... But it is very real to see people be like, oh, like, we want to sort of, like, take down this ideological enemy by, like, twisting things did, right, in a certain way. And, like, also not respecting the wishes of the people who originally created that thing. Yeah. Right? It's like, you know. I, don't know. I can't imagine the, like, composer of Happy Birthday is, like, especially happy <laughs> that copyright on that was so long in the tooth. But you never know. That could have been a real bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think, um... Maybe the last thing I wanted to talk about, may, not necessarily tied to labor, um, although I do have a, like a thought on it, um, is we we said that we would talk more about this girl, <laughs> this young young. Oh lass. yes, we did. We did um, not do that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, she is an orphan. She is a minor in the character. Um, and she has these two two young sisters um, who she's trying to take care of. And she like... Oh, yeah, to be clear, minor as in person <laughs> under 18, not minor as in person who mines. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she is not employed as a minor. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I think the thing I was thinking about um, with Labor specifically, and we can talk more um, about, like, her or gender um, if we want to, but so she, we're introduced to her as she's, like, like, finding scraps and, like, throwing them to, like, all these, you know, orphan kids um, mm -hmm. on the street, um, and again, she has this knife in her mouth. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but she goes home, and she's, like, all in rags. Um, and, like, and barefoot, um, and she comes into the house and, like, sees her two sisters, and they are, like, all put together, um, in dresses and shoes and stockings, yeah, you know. stuff I didn't notice or think about. Yeah, and stuff that are, like, all put together, and she, like, you know, brings home food, and then, like, their dad, this is before he's killed, obviously, um, but he, like, comes home from, like, you know, being unemployed. Um, or whatever. And she, like, also provides food for him. Um, mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's just, like, I just saw that is, like, the work of so many women, like, within the house, um, women and girls, is, like, making sure that everybody else is provided for. Yeah. Um, you know, while you yourself are, like, you know, <laughs> in, like, these terrible clothes and, like, you know, don't right. have protections um or anything and she so, does give herself a banana though she does yes um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i just i just was struck by that image um of her yeah. coming into the house. well that's also i mean i think that's interesting well it's also interesting because they she sort of runs away from the police when her dad dies <laughs> yes because she doesn't want to be like repossessed by the state uh -huh. right to like move in with some random family or whatever mm -hmm. it's kind of implied although not directly stated that she would be separated from her sisters mm -hmm. um Anyway, and so, like, yeah, you don't really get that, like, although there is, there's scenes later where she does, like, do this domesticity where she cooks for Charlie Chaplin, and, yes. you know, mm -hmm. and, like, that's sort of seen as this ideal thing that they're, like, striving towards. Yeah. Which is, like, obviously false, but not, the gender element of that is not really unpacked. Um, yeah, no, yeah. exactly. When they have, um, or when he has this um, fantasy, he's imagining, you know, them being middle class and, like, building a home. Right, and she, um, like, comes in with an apron and, like, dinner ready and... Yeah, well, yeah. it's, like, he, like, food just appears to him, right? Like, a cat, like, he calls and a cow, like, walks up to the door, you know, and he's able to, like, get stuff. Um, well, no, I feel yeah, like well, there's... He doesn't, uh, he doesn't milk the cow. He it does just, not. Like, the it, cow just, like... It squirts out of the other. Um, or I think he, like, leans out the window and, like, a branch moves closer to, like, provide him some grapes or whatever. Yeah. Right? Like, he is literally receiving all this food, like, through no effort of his own. Yeah. And she is, like pulling things out of the oven, you know, <laughs> yeah, and setting uh, them on the table and stuff. And so it was just like, yeah, like, I was surprised. Like, I, um, I, I'd never seen this movie, and I was just like, oh, this is like an old, old movie about a man. <laughs> so, like, there's, like, and, like, the first part, it's like, you, there are very few women yeah, um, mm -hmm. in the movie and stuff. And so I was like, there's going to be, like, no women in this movie. And then, like, there is this girl, and I, I think she's really great in lots of different ways. Yeah. Um, but it's also like, damn. <laughs> Gender yeah. do be like that. Well, it's also weird because there's sort of a, like, 
like the tramp is i think of ambiguous age <laughs> <laughs> yes like he could be 19 or 20 you know charlie chaplin was like 38 oh right? he or was in his 40s 40 anyway yeah um yeah so he's much older than this actress who was like 22 i think yes yes um, yes anyway, i think that's what you said but i'm not you know, yeah she was in time. her early 20s um and he was 21 years older than her yeah um and yeah that's they funny. were like maybe married in real life yeah who knows who knows <laughs> it's that's like a, a whole different you could look thing. it up but like i think that's sort of and that's one thing about their relationship is that it's both like very like it's very chaste right yeah. in a real way that's mm-hmm. like not you know like they live together and they're like working together and stuff mm-hmm. but they're not married but there's like no implication of like sex or like any sort of like yeah you know well i think that's i mean that's part of i was like i didn't know when this movie came out and so i was like this movie has got to be before the Hays code was enacted right because like right. there's all these um you know he i guess i was like there is like active drug consumption on screen but like it is an accident and like it leads him to foil you know the bad guy so maybe that's okay um and stuff and it's like but it's also like you know she is like constantly like stealing and like running like avoiding the police she like whacks one on the head and stuff and like faces no like like direct punishment from that you yeah. know i mean they Which are you know they're both homeless at the end of the movie so yeah but, but you like, know yeah. but like yeah but i it's it's they they get a happy ending of sorts you yes know? yeah um and stuff but but that's a definite thing is you know there is there is no sex whatsoever <laughs> and you know right. for the better yes no for sure and it's not a criticism but it's just i think there's a weirdness to that relationship mm-hmm. that um that i don't think is necessary for like like, I think the movie works, right? I don't think the movie needed to stop and have a title card. It's like, well, here's what the exact nature of this relationship is or whatever, right? But because there's not, like, speech and there's not scenes of them, like, talking to each other mm-hmm. and their their relationship kind of becomes, like, a fact yeah. of the way they're living their lives after a certain point and doesn't really... Like, it's one of the most stable things in the movie, mm-hmm. right? Like, she's waiting for him outside the prison and stuff. It doesn't really, like, address or sort of get into any of that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. So, you know... Could be worse. <laughs> could, could be worse. For sure could be worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remembered one last thing. Okay. Um, and then <laughs> the third I, think last that, thing. That, <laughs> I think that'll be everything that I have. Because um, watching this movie made me think about a book that I read for one of my classes years ago. Um, so forgive me if I, you know don't remember everything about this book um it was quite boring um but it's called the principles of scientific management um, by frederick taylor and it came out in the early 1900s and it's a book that in some ways um i think can like can be viewed as progressive in where it talks about like yeah people who like do manual or like unskilled labor like deserve to be paid like really well because they are providing a valuable service i think he like argues that like no work is unskilled right um and that like if you just find like the right person for every job like everybody has something of value to add and should be compensated you know not just appropriately but well for it um but the other part of the book (laughs) is that like if you could find the right person 
to screw in the bolts, you know, at increasingly faster speeds. Like, like that's the dream, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, as of and so like watching this movie, I was just like, man, like, <laughs> not only is he in the wrong position, you know, for screwing these these bolts in, you know, at faster and faster speeds, but like also he shouldn't be expected to do that yeah right like just because you have people, you mean charlie chaplin yes, yes just character. because you have people who can like do these jobs at like more like increasingly like dangerous and unreasonable things does not mean that you should put yes. them in those situations mm-hmm, um sure. but i think like it is nice because uh, towards the end of the movie it's like he's finally found a job that maybe he could stick with um, because it's like singing at this cafe, um, and it's like he's finally found this perfect position, um, and then of course it gets taken away from. So in in some ways, um, it just yeah made me think of the good parts of this this text. <laughs> it's like oh, if we could only like live in a world where like everybody you know has like this work that is fulfilling not only to them but you know to other people as well right and then um, we change sort of the definition of what fulfillment is right yeah and stuff mm-hmm. and then it's like hey like i you know hired you to do this one specific thing but it turns out you can do this and you know and that's better for us all yeah um, so let me pay you for that and stuff and that uh, that would be nice yeah wouldn't it <laughs> wouldn't it be nice <laughs> well I mean, I'm glad that we're going to watch a bunch more depressing movies about this exact topic in the midst of a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the next of which is going to be uh, How Green Was My Valley, the mm-hmm. 1941 John Ford movie about miners in Wales. I nice. Believe. And yeah, this is a movie I've seen, but I was like 12, so I barely remember it. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, is there anything else we should talk about before we get to the plug zone? I think we're good. Okay. Well, we are hosted on the Abnormal Mapping Podcast Network, which you can support at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping and find at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, you can find us at Seasons Movie Pod on Twitter. You can email us your questions, please do, at mm-hmm. seasonspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find the RSS feed and the archive and that kind of stuff at abnormalmapping.com slash seasonsmoviepod. Emma, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me. Uh, um, on Twitter at U of Wales, the letter U and the aquatic mammal Wales, um, not the country where how green was my valley <laughs> supposedly takes, <laughs> probably takes place. Um, and um, is yeah, you can also find me. Um, you can find my art um, and things that I make. Um, hopefully, you know, some sort of labor that I find fulfilling and um, maybe someday um, financially profitable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> at at Oh, uh, Where? On Instagram. On Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. You can find me on Twitter at Grace underscore machine. You can find the things I write at GraceTheMachine.com and elsewhere on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.